everybody. Welcome back to the Culture Surfing Podcast. This week, we do have a special guest, uh, being that this is a hip-hop edition. As you know, we like to navigate the channels of the hip-hop culture and the NBA culture. So today, I'd like to focus on a very fun topic. And uh, we are nearing the end of the year, and it seems that no more major releases are coming. So I, I felt it safe to uh, you know, just go ahead and do this pod. We're going to do a uh, top, or not top three, but a favorite three albums of the year. So I do have a very special guest, Ryan Shepard. Uh, so me and him are both uh, on the Death Pen staff. However, he's more so on uh, the culture side, being that he is a uh, culture editor for Death Pen. And also, for the last two months, has been an associate editor for uh, iHeartMedia. So congratulations on that. It seems like a pretty good gig. How are you doing today, Ryan? Thank you, man. I'm glad. I'm glad to be on here with you. Just just talking about music because it's been a really, it's been a weird year, but it's been a fun year at the same time. Yeah, uh, it's safe to say that uh, there's been some great releases um, in 2020. And I honestly thought this would be the year where a lot of rappers are, and I don't want to say go in their shell, but kind of just, just kind of fall back and kind of be like, well, maybe we just need to wait until next year. And I think some artists did do that, as we'll mention later. But uh, the albums that we are going to talk about today, uh, I mean, these are like, these might be some of my favorite albums from some of these artists. Uh, and actually, two of these albums, at least for me, are going to be uh, technically debut albums. So these are huge debut albums. Um, and I, I don't want to uh, spoil that, but we'll get into that later. But uh, as I do with everybody, Ryan, you know, feel the pressure, but here we go. Name your top five uh, hip-hop artists of all time. So I'm going top five. In terms of my favorite artists of all time, wow, that's going to be, I guess I would start with J. Cole. Um, ironically, this is the, f- this week is the 10th anniversary of the Friday Night Lights mixtape, which is how I got introduced to him. I was like a freshman in high school and that that project just changed my entire thinking on everything. Um, Right behind him, I'm going to put Kanye West, even though I have my personal feelings about Kanye West, and I don't really, I haven't listened to a Kanye West album in, well, I think since Life of Pablo. So it's been like four or five years, but I can't erase that, like that 10, 15 years he made up part, like he was a soundtrack to my life. Um, Third, I would probably... I have to go Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott influenced a lot of the music that I listen to. Like a lot of the music I know I listen to now that I truly enjoy is influenced by her. Like I, I enjoy Mene's music. I enjoy um, like Miss Banks out of like the UK. Like there's a lot of artists that are, that have that, that outward style, that colorful style that I just enjoy. Um, Fourth, I would probably put, and I know this is going to sound weird because of the timing and how his life has was cut short, but Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle was a, he came out around that 2009 to 2012 range where we just have a lot of, I don't, I don't think people under, like truly appreciate that three or four year run because that's when Kid Cudi's debut album dropped, Wale's debut album dropped, Drake, Kendrick, Cole, all these people, Mac Miller, all started their, got their careers going around then. Um, fifth in just rounding out my favorite, 
Um, it's probably Pusha T. Like, and that's kind of like something that's developed over like the last four or five years, but he's definitely like again playing the soundtrack to my life. You couldn't go into a lunchroom and not hear the grinding beat. You yeah, for sure. Going somewhere and not hear like kind of like a big deal. And then just now with his solo stuff, like there's just certain people out here like he's just really good at rapping. Like there's just nowhere else that I can't really describe it. I, I, those are the people I put my favorite five. Um, just top five real quick in terms of skill would be Biggie, um, Andre 3000, Nas, Scarface, and Tupac. Those are like my five objectively um, the best that I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the Missy Elliott take. Uh, I think she's a pioneer in, in a lot of ways. And I think the things that she did with uh, like creative freedom and, and, sh- and she also, she wasn't just, um, how can I put this? I gotta be delicate with this. She just wasn't like, um, like a, a, just a pretty face or just a, yeah. someone that you objectify. Yeah. She was just a, a regular woman, an artist. And, and, you know, we, we didn't use her as, as, as unfortunately some, some men, in the industry, they kind of pin up these lady artists and and just use them as uh, sex symbols or whatever. She was just a fun regular person, and she she created a lot of career paths. And um, I I noticed when Aaliyah passed, it seemed like it took a huge toll on her. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, she's a great artist, and I'm glad she's doing well because I know for a few years she was going uh, through some health issues, but it looks like she's back to normal and she's doing very well for herself. And yeah, she actually came out with a project, uh, I think this year or last year, right? Like she came out with like an EP or something. I think she did. I think it was, it may have been the end of last year, beginning of this year. It's all mm-hmm. like running together, but yeah, she's, she's been active and it's, it's really good to hear. I think the last few years has been really great to hear like older artists, not just put out music just to put out music, but be really good at it. Like some of Jay-Z's best stuff has come out in like the last five years or so like some of Nas's best stuff um has come out the last five years or so so it's, it's really good to see like artists just like be able to age and still be able to be themselves and be relevant and and so you bring up Nas so I'm, let's, let's go ahead and get into this you bring up Nas uh so he's in my top five right yeah um I used to have him over Jay-Z but then I I got older and I was like nah Jay-Z's definitely better um but Nas's uh King's Disease and he's he's just I don't know he just seems so mature. And Nas has always kind of seemed mature, especially for a, a person that's went through a pretty bad divorce with Khalees. And this album, King's Disease, I'm gonna go ahead and and say it is my third favorite album of the year. To be at the tunnel, twenty deep in a huddle, razors on instead of make skin bubble. More wet we guzzle. Chris Lighty lit me in a few times with nines. That's on God. Wish you woulda walked by and bought me harder. Just looked at me wrong. My chain on. Try to book me. You gone. Goons Italian. Uh, part of me wanted to put it higher, but um, yeah, you'll see why I didn't put it higher later. But I just appreciated his just the wisdom that he he put out on it, and it seemed like he was. I don't want to call it his eulogy, man, but it seemed like it was kind of like he was just telling his whole story and and it wasn't bitter at all. Like, because, you know, some of these artists, things happen to them and they come off as bitter. And it just seems like he's just accepted the life that he's lived, uh, the good and the bad. And 
and he brought back some big names like AZ, which, uh, I mean, I love it when Nas and AZ collab even brought back Foxy Brown and Cormega, you know, like for the, like the firm days back in the mid, uh, mid nineties, late nineties. Um, and the hit boy production, man, like, yeah, let's yeah. just talk about that. Like the fact that Nas and hit boy hit it off, like those are two names that I never thought I could pair together, but uh, evidently I was listening to the Joe Budden, um, podcast and I guess Rory had, um, hit boys number. And they called him and Hit Boy was just like, yeah, man, we we talked years ago. We just never, you know, Nas and Hit Boy, they never were able to do anything, but they would just vibe in the studio. And then here we go. And it's just like for years, you know, Nas has gotten this bad rap of he pits bad beats, he picks bad beats. And may, some of that may be true, but there are a lot of classic, you know, beats that Nas has rapped over. But I don't know, it just sounded like and. This may sound cliche and it might come up a few times in this podcast, but it sounds like a movie, man. Like it sounds very well directed, produced. It's not just a bunch of beats thrown together. Like the way that um, the track list flows to me is seamless. Uh, And that's why it definitely has to be at least in my top three uh, favorite albums of the year. Gotcha. What's your what's your take on the the King's Disease album? I think for me, that's also my top three that. And it, it, it's partially because of what you said, because of Hit Boy. Hit Boy has been the MVP of this year. And it's it's wild to think that we've got this far in his career without him getting his flowers. Because as hard as it is to believe, like, Niggas in Paris was almost 10 years ago. Like, that was in 2012, that, that 2000, actually 2011 that that dropped. So it's almost been 10 years. And then he went through that. Lola in his career, which we're starting to see now, probably is because of contract issues with good music and they're having their own issues with um, contracts. But it was that Lola in this period, but he never really dropped off on production for like there's a lot of people that probably don't know. Like, I think that was a summer. It was a year after he um, he was on Watch the Throne. He dropped his own EP where he was just rapping. He produced all the beats and he was just rapping. Then he did another album um, with HH87, which is like a collective, a lot of California rappers, productions, phenomenal. Like one of the best beats I've ever heard in my life was um, on the song Grinding from Grinding All My Life that he did. Incredible. So like just to see him finally get his flowers with the Nas album, the Big Sean album, the Benny the Butcher album. It's really just good to see him get his flowers. But but going back to the just the Nas album. Like you said, it sounded like it sounded like a movie. Like when I hear songs like Car 85, like I feel like I'm like I'm sitting in a car and I'm driving down the highway and the sun's coming down and I just feel good or just like even tougher thing, like harder, like hitting tracks. Like when he's on the forget the name of the track with where he brings back AZ and the entire firm and they all get back together. It doesn't sound like they missed a beat. Like it, it doesn't sound like they missed at all. So just from top to bottom, they really did it. And I guess the overall thing that I can say for all the albums that I picked, they were concise. This album was completely concise. I understand like a lot of artists have to do longer albums for streams and what have you. And that doesn't necessarily mean a bad album. Like Ty Dolla Sign's album was like right on the outskirts of mine, mainly because it's newer. But that, that album's like 25 songs, but it's really good. But for me, like, as a listener of rap, I can only listen to an artist for so long. And the fact that he was able to get in, 
make his points and get out is is it's phenomenal and it's really good to see him bounce back after that Kanye album that doesn't really look like he ever really wanted to do um at all but it's it's good that he finally got to put out the music that he really wanted to yeah and you speak of the Kanye album I mean that was supposed to be a huge thing right like I mean because Nas and Kanye have uh collab numerous times over the years and they're their songs and collaboration have always been great, but they've never actually made an album together. So that I was looking forward to that, even though I'll be honest, Ryan, I'm not a huge Kanye fan, at least post 2010. Like right. it's, it's been like after, um, man, what am I? 808 and heartbreaks. I kind of was falling off. Uh, right. I do realize, uh, man, I'm, I'm blanking, uh, my twisted, beautiful, my daughter. I'm blanking. Yeah, that album, I realized a critical acclaim that that receives. Uh, it just, that was kind of when I started trailing off of him because I think Kanye just became, he started to become something different than what I was used to, accustomed to seeing. So I kind of was trailing off personally, but but from production wise, I always respected his uh, his uh, his work. So, I, and Nas is, you know, one of my favorite artists of all time. So I was like, man, it's going to feel good to, you know, have Connie do that. And it just seemed like it was only like what, seven or eight tracks. And there were maybe one or two songs on there that stood out. And other than that, it just sounded like a, yeah. a mess, you know, like to me, the mixing didn't seem great. And it just seemed to, it did, I don't know. It, it didn't seem like they were even together in the studio when they recorded all these things, but, and maybe right. they weren't. Cause it seems like a lot of times they just email, email the vocals and all that. So who knows? But yeah, uh, King's Disease, uh, to me, the standout tracks, uh, of course, the full circle with um, with The Firm, even though oddly the topic of choice was, I guess they were, t- it's kind of like talking about, you know, romance or whatever. It wasn't necessarily stuff that they usually talk about, but I, I appreciate it nonetheless. And AZ, you could just put him in a time capsule and he'll <laughs> come out and he'll rap the same. Like he doesn't sound washed at all. And it's just a testimony to his work ethic as an MC. And honestly, like he's one of the most underappreciated hip hop artists of all time for his consistency. It's just, unfortunately from a mainstream perspective, he's just not up there. Right. But uh, yeah, anytime him and Nas rap together, it, it kind of brings it back some nostalgic memories. Uh, the definition with Brucey B was a fun record yeah. that probably stood out. And to me, Till the War is one with Lil Durk, which I'm not really a, a, a fan of Lil Durk. I am aware of him. Um, but I I thought that was a... I thought, man, I was like, man, Nas is about to sound so out of touch on this song when I saw that on the track list. And no, man, it, it they they meshed well. And yeah, I, I was like, Lil Durk could have done a little bit more on there and I would have been happy. But either way, that was, that was fun. You ain't the only one going through it this damn well. Better hold your hand, I know it don't Reason my people dead and they know I still care Depending on the people, then you gotta do better Black lives matter, I'm for real to do matter Lil Durk is, that's him. he's for me, in terms of artists, he's in the conversation for just having that breakthrough year because he's been around for years now but it's kind of just like, this year he's he's put his stamp on a lot of different things and I think it, it started with, like I, I've been joking like my favorite album this year is, um Wale's Wow That's Crazy because I've been listening to that from the end of last year into the beginning of this year but I heard him on that album and I was like this I've never been a huge I've never disliked this music but I've never been a huge fan but I heard him on that album 
And then he's just been slowly just inching his way into like critical acclaim with like working with a lot of these, working with Big Sean, working with Drake, working with Nas. So it's it's really good to hear him. And also, like you said, like Nas didn't found, sound out of touch. Like I, I had that same fear with um, Spicy, which might that might be like one of my top three favorite songs on the album, just because it's so much fun. And he doesn't sound out of place. He sound him and ASAP Ferg go well together. I'm not a huge fan of Fabio Foreign, but he doesn't take away from the song enough for me to dislike it. And I just, I, I really do like, like you said, he doesn't sound out of touch. He sounds like I've been here and I've been doing this. And it's because he's embraced newer production. Yeah. And uh, speaking of out of touch, uh, I don't know if you remember, but uh, Hit Boy had put out like kind of like a, I don't, I guess you could call it a single or just a sneak peek to the album. Mm-hmm. That first song. Ultra black. Yeah. Yeah. And I, man, I was not really feeling it that much, man. I, I just wasn't, I didn't like it. I don't know. I don't even know what it was about. I think it was Nas's flow. Cause I don't know. I just, I was not feeling it at all. So I was like, man, I don't want to say this, you know, I'm a Nas fan and supporter and advocate for his career. You know, the ups and downs I've been there. Um, so I was like, I don't want to say nothing bad and put out any negative energy, but let's just hope that this is going to be a great album. And yeah, man, I if Nas doesn't make another album, I'll be happy with this, you know, being his his last one. And uh, yeah. so I didn't speak to this song, but this song kind of embodies this album to me when I talk about him not being bitter about his past and kind of just giving us his eulogy. So these are the first uh, few bars for The Cure. Yeah. And he goes, too many changes you changed from your greatness became a byproduct of yourself, all for the paper, regardless. The market sees you as an old ass artist. And I mean, that could have easily been Nas to me. Yeah. And he and he kind of like wrote a change the narrative and, you know, wrote his own rewrote his own story. Right. Because um, a lot of people, for some reason, they um, disregard life is good. I think that's one of his better produced albums, too. That and. I'm biased. I don't want to cut you up, but I'm biased. Like for me that as someone who grew up in, who was born in 95, obviously I never, I'm not going to argue it's his best album, but for me personally, that is my favorite Nas album because like the same reason I love um, Kings is the same reason I love the album. The storytelling is fantastic on that album. And I may have my own personal opinions about how he's handled things with Khalees or the accusations levied against him. That's my personal opinion, but how I believe he was able to tell his story through that album is phenomenal. Like cherry wine to me is, is that is, that is the song that will always be one of my, I will, I can play that until the end of time. I rest really, in peace. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, man, I'm blanking on her name. Please, uh, help me out. Help me out with the, yeah. the, What's her name? The British singer, right? I'm blanking on him. Yeah. And that was a beautiful record. And that was, I've never seen, like I said, yeah, there was some bitter stuff in there, but it it was, it was a great telling of a, a man that just went through a divorce and it was a beautifully produced great beats. I've never heard nods on so many great beats and just the story he told. And he wasn't trying to be super lyrical. He was just telling his story. So yeah, uh, that's probably in my top five Nas albums, maybe top three, but I, I don't want to push it. But no, I'm with you, man. Uh, 
but people forget about those things. And it is just like the, I think the, the Kanye West uh, Nazir album kind of really just put a, left a really bad taste in people's mouths, understandably so. But uh, I think uh, Nas, which it sounds silly saying this because he's a legend. He doesn't need this, but he redeemed himself um, with the King's disease. Um, is there anything else you want to attribute to the conversation uh, for this album? I think the last thing I'll say, going back to what you said, um, the verse on The Cure, there was a point when it sounded like Nas was falling out of touch. Because I don't really blame him for... I blame Kanye more for that album not sounding good than than Nas, because it, it sounded like Nas just said yes because Kanye was bugging him about it. But one way, one way where he did kind of feel like he was trying to fit into the times instead of making the times fit him is he was on the March Madness remix with Future. And the problem wasn't that he couldn't rap. It will never be because Nas can't rap. It's because he, I don't think he was making the greatest decisions or he was just trying, like I said, trying to fit the times instead of making the times fit him. That's a midlife crisis, Ryan. I think that's what that's called. <laughs> but I remember hearing that. I was just like, I don't know if this is gonna gonna work. but And it didn't really but it, I'm glad to see that he's found his footing in what he wants to be, and that he's like he he's growing, he's growing as a person. Like, and that's another thing. Like, I can see him hopefully growing as a human being, as a man, because he may be 40 or however old he is, but he's still growing. Like, we see Jay Z still evolving and making mistakes and still learning from them, and doing different things. And it's just good to see these guys growing because I think we try to see younger artists growing as people. And that's nice, but that doesn't mean just because they're 40 and 50 that they've learned everything and that they're perfect because we're all still learning. And I'm, I'm glad to see that Nas just outside of music and just is continuing to grow and become whatever he's going to become in this next phase of his career, whether it be an executive, uh, like he owns multiple businesses. I think he owns, part of Pluto TV, which is like a streaming service, just, just doing different stuff. So and you have it, his artist Dave East, right? Isn't that his artist? Dave East, artist? I know Dave East was on mass appeal. I'm not completely sure if he is now he might be on Def Jam. I, I it's hard to tell. I know he has artists. I'm just not sure of Dave. East right. I just saw he champions Dave East a lot on social yeah. media, which is, it's great to see, but uh, I agree with the, him growing. And honestly, Ryan, it's, I could see how it's really difficult for artists such as Jay-Z or Nas to grow because uh, I think we're living in an, an accountability era where everything you say matters, right? And even me, like five years ago, I have I said some things and I look back now, I'm like, man, that was really irresponsible of me to even have that thought, you know, and then blurt it out. Yeah. But I don't want to say, maybe for lack of a better term, you know, it's hard to teach old dog, old dogs new tricks. And Nas and Jay-Z, they could easily fell back into the, oh, well, like back in my era, this is, you know, this is how it was, blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't seem that, you know, Nas and Jay-Z are taking that approach. I think they're they're aging with the time and, yeah. and, and relating to younger generations. And I honestly think that's what hip hop's about anyways, because unfortunately, I don't think hip hop is like rock when it comes to treating our elders with respect. You know, I think we look at artists that are Jay-Z and Nas's age and we look at them like they're 70 years old um, from a hip hop fan's eyes. And uh, so it's actually a testament to their, 
to their skill. And I just think of who they are as people like that. We even can still relate to these guys. Like, yeah. as I mean, I'm 30, so it's not like I'm their age, but I mean, I was in fifth grade when Stillmatic dropped, you know? So, I mean, I've grown with these guys and, and I've seen them grow. So, uh, you know, just to kind of take it off music from a, yeah. from just a regular life standpoint, I, I appreciate what I heard in Nas's album and it, because he could have easily just been so bitter and, and just sounded like an asshole, but he just sounded like, like an uncle with wisdom that's been through some stuff and he's just telling you like it is and like, be careful for certain things and, and stuff like that. So is that your, also your third favorite album or is that somewhere else on your list? For me, I'm probably, I'm probably putting that second. I'm probably putting that second, third. I would probably start. I'm not so just for context for anybody that's listening to this. I'm not including any albums that came out in the last three to four weeks. It's just mm-hmm. too new for yeah. me to put it in because yeah. there are certain R&B hip hop albums like I mentioned, Tata Alsine's album, great. Omarion put it out an album that's great. Um, Benny the Butcher's album just came out, um, but I'm not gonna put those for three. I would probably put Reason from TDE. He says it's not his debut album, but it's his day. De- it's hard not to say it's not his debut album because it's it's a polished project. It has Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy Q, Absol's on it, um, Vince Staples, Rhapsody, who has the best verse on that, um, and she she they they killed it. I know Top Dog gets a lot of pushback for holding people's projects, like they're gonna get pushback because Sid's album has not come out and hit different. When's the last time Scissor's out Scissor has an album? Was that sixteen or eighteen or when was that? Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Whew. So it's it's gonna take some time. It's like Frank Ocean. <laughs> and I know like their artists want to put out music, but if 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 it means we're gonna get projects like this every time, go for it. Right. For me, I can't really say they missed. They've had certain albums that maybe not lived up to the standards. Like Schoolboy's out last album, I didn't love. It was all right. It was, I didn't love it. But this album, I really, really enjoy because Reason, out of that new crop of rappers that are still rapping in a more traditional style, I put him, I put um, Boogie, I put J.I.D., I put um, Benny the Butcher. Like, I put him in that class of just being able to rap. Like, he did a freestyle with Funkmaster Flex, and he killed it. Versus like bad workers, they get fired up so quick. Try to competition up shit, I might drive them off a cliff. I done seen a lot. When it was all up a side, we was cooking in a tiny garage. Now women I dreamed of by hitting and niggas sit to the squad. She on top hit. Okay, and I'll be honest with you, Ryan. I have not man, I sound silly. I I haven't heard of this artist. Should I should I should I sound crazy for saying that? You said reason? No, no you shouldn't sound you shouldn't sound crazy. I have not because when you when I saw that name when you emailed, I was like, man, maybe I need to do my research. Like, because I have never heard of that that artist. No, it's, it's cool. Like, because there's a lot of people. One, there's a ton of artists out right now. Like, there's people. I'm supposed to music writer. People send me stuff like, you haven't heard of this artist? Like, no, because there's just, there's so many different artists and they're dropping. People are dropping almost every week. Right. Wow. But for him, he's he signed. I heard I came across him um, prior to my last semester of college and my sophomore um, year of college. I worked for a music venue with Live Nation, and Reason opened for J Rock, 
and it was like two or three days before his first mixtape dropped on TDE. So it was like the week they announced he got signed. I got there early. I saw him and I was just like, he's got it. Like you could just see it on stage. He has it. Um, he The difference between him and a lot of other um, TDE artists, I would say that he he puts himself out there more and makes himself more visible. Because even when Kendrick Lamar was a new artist, Kendrick Lamar was not doing a ton of interviews. Um, Schoolboy Q, I could, I would probably say the same thing, even though Schoolboy has a personality. Like, I, I really can't say any of the artists that have been put on TV in the last few years have been out there as much. It seems um, like they make their music and then they go back to the Batcave. Yeah, like, we don't see, like, I... I just learned, I'm, I'm a big R&B fan. I just learned Sir Who Signed a TD, what he looks like, like six months ago. I had no idea what he looked like. So you, you could definitely say that about a lot of, if Top Dog, I know his name, I know him as an executive. If he walked in the room right now, I wouldn't have no idea who he is. Because they just go in and they come out and we never see Man, them. that's awesome, though. That sounds like the best like kind of career to have, like being a celebrity but not really being a celebrity. Like, yeah. That that sounds great for their mental health. So congratulations to them that they're able to to move like that. Because most yeah. artists, uh, what is it, Summer Walker? I bet she'd love to do that. Yeah, <laughs> Summer Walker. I don't go on for that, but Summer Walker does some certain things. She puts herself out there when she doesn't need to, and I just like I want someone to take her from. Like I really do. Sometimes, but there's certain artists I want to hear your music, and I don't want to hear you comment on other things. Just yeah, less is more sometimes, man, because you find yeah. out. It's yeah. find out some just terrible stuff. Just like, man, I don't want to listen to your music anymore. <laughs> but uh, are there any uh, any standout tracks on that album? Uh, what's the album called again? It's called New Beginnings. Okay, that's a, that's a um, nice album for, you say, it's technically his debut. Yeah, even though he doesn't, people, artists want to say they're, that's why I call everything a project now, because people get offended. You call it an album, it's not an album. Yeah. It's but for me, the standout track it tracks were I Can Make It with Rhapsody. Um, Rhapsody, that is one of my favorite Rhapsody verses. Look, 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 I can make it dance. Yeah. I'd rather show my ass through all these bars and get a band and band together with some niggas who got triggers for the clan. I'm from the south. I know that guns don't make you any more man, but damn. Protect the fam. I can make ten dollars turn into ten thousand grand. I can make ten thousand hours turn into two spans and generations reparations. They should give us more than land. Damn, damn, yeah. Get your man, nigga. I can make that winter feel like summers in Iran, nigga. Loyalty is everything to everyone that stand with you. Ownership, financial freedom, what a fucking plan. Get your women ditching, cause you never acting like a man with her. She's still bitter. Looking for a prince that got a heel that fit her. I can make you understand the inner workings of a spitter. That let off like Tommy Boy, no heel figure. Heel figure. Get out eventually. I'm steps ahead mentally. I can make you hate the butterfly and love the centipede. Find the beauty in the struggle. That shit, nigga. In a breeze. I can make you see that good hair look just like them BDBs. We can make it, we can make it. ATVs on four wheel. I might get off course, but at least I ain't on the Porsche still. I can make it, I can make it. No matter the ordeal, in the ordeal, nigga, I'm a goat, bitch. She might be a top 10 hip hop artist for me. Like, not just woman, female, like, legit, like, like that last album she did with all, like, the female rulers and stuff like yeah. that. Like, like Cleo, like oh my goodness, like she can rap with the best of them, man. I I, I love her so much. And uh, she's a a Ninth Wonder product, right? Didn't didn't Ninth Wonder find her? 
Yep, Ninth Wonder. Um, worked with her. Um, another artist. Um, foreshadowing, like we did an interview for Def Pen. Another artist that he's working with, um, Ruben Vincent out of North Carolina, who co-signed by Rhapsody. I got to talk to him. He's a great artist, but I would say um, I can make it. Um, Showstop. Um, he has a song called Pop Shit, which is my favorite on there because he found a way to rhyme Giannis Antetokounmpo with something, and I have no idea how you... <laughs> just the, the gymnastics of having to do that. Um, but I guess my the last round out the top three, I'd probably say um, Flick It Up with Absol. Um, the video, I, I said the song, like, you have to watch with the video. It feels like a party. You go, you watch the video. It just looks like they they took over like a liquor store. Um, it's just a whole bunch of people in the parking lot. They're on the roof partying. It's it's a lot of fun. Okay, I have to check that out. I mean, anybody on uh, TDE is typically, even if I'm not like a huge fan of theirs, I can at least I like their music and I you know I can stand them. Like Absol, I'm not the hugest fan, but I do like him. Yeah. Uh, Schoolboy Q is fun, and he yeah. definitely has a little bit more rugged ruggedness to him you know compared to some of the other artists on that label and obviously ken kendrick is already a legend in my eyes with some of the stuff he's done and j-rock is like kind of like the gangster sounding rapper of the crew i don't know how to explain that but it's just i like that group and then of course they have SZA, like beautiful songstress and and i mean her album from 2016 holds up against anything r&b wise can you know made in that time so yeah, so reason, right? Definitely reason. gonna have to check that out. Like, what Sweet. would you, what would you put for? You said Nas albums. For Your you, third and man, I I tangled with that because you could argue it could go two or one, but um. So for me, my second album, and this is technically a debut album from someone that's been in the game for a long time, Griselda represent. Yeah, Conway the Machine. Gotcha. And number two, um, so as crazy as this sounds, I know that uh, Griselda has been doing their thing for a while. They were Griselda, I believe, was signed to Shady, right? At one point, I think as a group, they're signed, yeah, to- not yeah. individually, right? Yeah. Right, because I, I heard the Benny Butcher interview with um, Joe Budden Pod once again. It's funny that I'm getting all this from Joe Budden Pod, but uh, and you know. He's pretty much on his own, it seems. But Conway and um, oh my goodness, help me out! I'm blanking on the other gentleman. Uh, the that does the boom, 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 boom. What's that guy? Yeah, yeah. So them two are the Griselda, but Conway, man, I don't know. It's just something about him. He's just a rapper's rapper to me, like, um, and he's just an OG. And it's crazy that like Benny's what like 35, and he's he's finally starting a bubble and Conway is I think a little bit older than him from what Benny said. Yeah. And the album, I was really not expecting what I, what I got from this album and it, it felt more epic than I thought it was going to be. I just thought it was going to be a bunch of like D boy raps and stuff like that. And, and, you know, uh, rest in peace to their DJ, uh, I believe uh, was a DJ Shay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace to him. Uh, I believe they, uh, Conway had him on that album speaking a couple of times. And uh, there were some great uh, guest features, but the beginning, like just from what you got from the intro. Look, 
take one hit of this pressure, I'm feeling faded. So many verses of the year that I've written, I'm feeling jaded. Jail call, ask how we doing. He said, I feel amazing. And that's when he told me, watching you make it, I feel I made it. Maybe think about I can tell, like, okay, this is an actual album. This is just not Kanye no going to be rapping. And that's it. You know, this is this is like actual real album production. This is what I expect from a major debut from an artist with such uh, buzz like uh, Kanye. And uh, it also had an appearance from Havoc from Mob Deep. Yeah, um, it had one of my favorite Lloyd Banks verses in a few years. And I'm not huge on uh, the Wu Tang Clan, as people that have listened to this podcast have heard. And I'm surprised I haven't been beat up by saying <laughs> this. Over and over again, that I'm not a huge fan, but Method Man's verse on on Lemon, I believe, is like some of the most polished MCing I've ever heard. Um, so yeah, I, I love the Conway album, and um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it now. I wanted to put Benny the Butcher in here because he's honestly my favorite of the Griselda like yeah realm. But as you said, it's it just came out not too long ago, and I haven't really got to sit on it long enough. Mm-hmm. And also, it has one of my favorite. And I know we're not supposed to like this guy right now, but it has one of my favorite Wayne verses in the last few years, or maybe ten years. I mean, I I feel like everybody can should be able to say that. <laughs> Just like not, we're trying not to like focus on what he did a couple. <laughs> weeks ago. And granted, he just did it not too long ago, so it's like when he did that, I was like, "Well, this is going to change the way I talk about that song." But <laughs> I, I think that's fair to say that. I feel bad for Big Sean because isn't Big Sean the last verse on that song? Yeah. See that that's that I hate. And he that. did really good too. He did a really good job. I just, I mean, it's not control. I just feel I always feel bad for him when yeah. he's talking. Because like when Wayne goes and you know we're kind of going off on a tangent, but I think we got to we got to talk about this. But Wayne goes, I got some yeah. that won't swap jerseys with you i was like i don't know why it's so simple but that is so so slick because obviously with sports and the nba mainly you know these guys swap jerseys and they're not even on each other's team and it just looks when i when i saw dirk Nowinski and Dwayne wade swap jerseys and i know they have really bad blood for each other i was like okay like you yeah. can look at dirk and you could tell he didn't even want to do this so it's like <laughs> wayne's lyric when he said that i was like that that resonated with me because i was like yeah i i like that uh that old schoolism of him, like, you know, F like, well, you could cuss on your, fuck your team. Right. Like I'm on my own team, my own squad. I don't give a shit about yours. And it was just Wayne rapping and he didn't seem sound sloppy. I don't know. It just, it felt good to hear Wayne like that. Cause there was a while where I fell off the Wayne train where he was obviously on that purple stuff. And it just, he seemed like he was intoxicated most of his rap. So I, I appreciated this, this Wayne and, um, the Rick Ross verse from the Benny Butcher album. I think Rick Ross has kind of had a, a great year in terms of uh, features, which I think you can say that every year. But yeah, yeah. man, uh, Conway, Conway the Machine, um, that, that was from King to a God. Uh, I think that was a great fitting album name as well. Because yeah. um, it, it felt like it was very important album. Like there was a lot of stuff that he said uh, in that album that I think he kind of announces his presence, even though he's been doing his thing for quite some time. And I I don't know. It feels weird to me that I have two artists already from New York. Like, although, you know, I guess technically, you know, Buffalo, but that's still up there. Right. Like, I don't know. I I think it's cool that two artists from the East coast are in my favorite albums of the year, because it's been a while since it's been like that. So 
it's it's definitely good. And I'm like I'm I'm glad you meant mentioned Method Man because I'm I'm a New Jersey native, so I take pride in everything New Jersey. Um, so it is good to hear um, Method Man, Method Man or Red Man, either one, just getting um, recognized. But I, I definitely agree with you. Griselda's had a great year. And one point when you mentioned um, like Westside Gun being like 30, 35 and just like hearing different artists, like I forget who I was having this conversation with, but like just being able to see artists get that that moment, that moment to shine as they get into late 20s, early 30s. Because like Reason, who signed with TD, he just turned 30 mm. and like he's just he's just going into his career and like you're starting to see like Yes, you're always going to have your 18, 19, 20-year-old stars. But as in like on Sunday, I turned 25. I don't always want to hear, like, I'm not calling anybody who's 18, 19-year-old a child. But where I was and what I wanted to hear at 18, 19 is different than what I want to hear at 25. So, like, just being able to hear older artists, like, give game and just talk about things that matter to me now as I go into my mid to late 20s, as opposed to hearing... I'm going out every single day. I can't do that at 25. I just like, it doesn't work like it anymore and it's not going to get any easier as I get older. So like, I just, I, I appreciate that. And I do agree with you. That's one of the better Griselda just had the whole putting out, like you could put any one of the albums that they put out this year into your top three. And I don't think anybody would be mad at you. Yeah. I mean, they're, they are definitely in no pun intended, but they are a machine, right? Like those gentlemen are, pushing out heavy they're everywhere you can't go to any blog site and not see their name you know they're having djs uh the interviews with djs they're they're on podcasts like man like west side gun is a genius because it seems like he's the 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 i don't want to say the brain because obviously these gentlemen are all smart in their own way intelligent in their own way but it seemed like he's he's what is pushes them because he does have he also had some uh some pretty solid arguably great albums or projects this year as well. It's just, he's the chic luch of the crew. Um, Meaning that he's good, but in comparison to Benny or Conway, obviously I'm going to lean towards uh, the latter two gentlemen than him, but he still represents really well. But it seems that he's, uh, I don't know that he's, he's the the push behind it all. And uh, I don't know. I just, I just appreciate them because they, they, represent something in hip-hop that i think is missing um and it's just rap i guess as weird as that sounds it's just rap man it's like yeah it's d-boy rap but it's rap and it's it's just uh and and i don't know it's 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 lovely that artists these artists at their advanced age at least for hip-hop right i hate that i say that like but for hip-hop they're in an advanced age it's kind of like being in the nba and you're 35 years old at that point you're supposed to be washed but not everyone can be LeBron, right? And that's how I feel about these guys that, I mean, they could be doing this for 10 more years and and, and still be polished, it seems. And uh, I don't know. I, I look forward to the rest of their career. And I can't believe I, I mean, I I barely heard about these guys maybe a year or two ago. So it's crazy that being a fan of hip hop that I miss out on these, these guys early uh, projects. But um, so my standout tracks are from King, the intro track that I, I mentioned, Lemon. That's my uh, lemon squeeze, lemon squeeze. Like I don't know that that shit's funny, but it's awesome. Uh, Juvenile Hell for the guest features from Lloyd Banks and Havoc, one half of Mob Deep. Uh, rest in peace, a prodigy. Yeah. 
Um, and then, uh, of course, you know, it's a Griselda. So we need the posse track, uh, Spurs three. And that's kind of where, uh, um, Conway kind of just starts mentioning Elliot Wilson, you know, uh, Joe, Joe Budden and, and Maul and just, you know, people that do blogging or podcasting. And he's kind of like letting people know, Hey, like I'm here and stuff like that. So th- those are my three standout tracks. And, I just appreciated that it sounded like a real album and not just a bunch of like mixtape verses. Mm-hmm. And it, I like the skits because it kind of, like I said, it added to the mood. And uh, once again, rest in peace to uh, DJ DJ Shay. And you know they, they had him in there a few times, uh, kind of just speaking on speaking on the Griselda movement. So it was kind of like, man, like he saw it coming. He really believed in those guys, and then. Also, not necessarily one of my favorite songs on the album, but Armani Caesar was on uh, Anza. So shout out to them. I just want to say, hey, Def Pen got that interview and we are Def Pen team, Ryan. So I'm going to champion anytime I can when it comes to that. So props on y'all getting that interview. That, that's huge. But yeah, um, did you have anything else to add uh, to From King to a God? No, that, that was, I think you covered it beautifully. It's It's a complete album and they're just going to continue to put out work so if you didn't like the last project you're going to get another one next month and you may love that one even more but and i like the fact that they all add their own thing to them so like with armani caesar i think she adds a different wrinkle to it and i think she still has to develop a few things but when she gets to where where i think she can go she's gonna fit in beautifully with what they have okay can i say this and And tell me if I'm ignorant or not, and I'll accept it because I don't know much of her music, but I've been trying to check for her. And maybe this, I think, once again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like she didn't have her own identity. She sounded like Nicki Minaj at certain points with how she delivered that verse. I wouldn't say Nicki, but I do see what you're saying. She, she, She doesn't. I think that's part of the reason why she needs to develop. And I think Griselda is going to help her develop. She doesn't have an identity within her group. I think I haven't heard her stuff before she got signed. Maybe she was trying to fit into the Griselda like bubble and feel like she had to be that. But I think as she goes along, they're going to encourage her because I think they don't want everybody to sound like the same. They all have different vocal tones. They have different styles. Yes, the content may be similar, but... When I hear Conway, I know it's Conway. When I hear Westside, I know it's Westside. When I hear Benny, I know it's Benny. And I think eventually she's going to get there. So I, I think you're right. I think she she needs to develop, and I think she'll, she'll get there. Because I think one thing that the last few years have taught me about dealing with some like my favorite collective, like we were talking about with TDE, you can say the same thing with Dreamville. Like They develop artists, and I think Griselda has the ability to do the same. Because Buffalo, who would have thought Buffalo was going to put together this many artists. So I, I know they probably have their eyes on other people in the upstate area that are going to gonna fit in well with the next generation. Because um, one last thing, actually, I just thought of it with West Side Gun. I'm pretty sure I may be wrong. It may be Conway, but I think West Side Gun is the one who has pro- executive producer credits on Benny's album. So just in like the behind the scenes, like you were saying, like he's, he he's, I think everybody kind of has their own identity and is doing things behind the scenes to make this thing move forward. And I think Armani 
I would say give it two years. Give it give it a year or two, and she'll she'll be there because she can rap. I don't think for a lot of artists that is the problem. Like you can't rap. Like yeah. they can rap no, they she can't. can rap. I just I just when I was listening to that verse, I was like, I've heard this artist before, and that's yeah. my thing. And I mean, I get it because when you're first getting on, and I'm not saying she hasn't been rapping for years, but I don't know her besides this verse, right? And the interview. So this is my introduction to her. So. I'm sure that with the coaching of all these great MCs around her, she'll be just fine. But and she, it was a good verse. It just was like when I heard it, I was like, man, I'm. I feel like I'm listening to something I've already heard before in terms of like delivery, but the lyrics were good. But yeah, man, I'm with you. Uh, and man, once again, Westside Gun, like that guy doesn't even have to rap. He's just a visionary for what he's doing with this group, you know, and this uh, not even group, but just movement. Honestly, I don't want to call it. It's almost like. Uh, the Buffalo dip set in the way that with, with how, how they're taking over the game, man. Cause I mean, I remember dip set made me want to wear tall tees and stop snitching shirts and yeah all types of pink tees. I mean, I was man, man, I was going crazy back then, but yeah, that's, that's what I think it's kind of similar with these guys. It's just, you know, they're a little older and, and doing it a little differently, but they're taking over the game just the same. Um, so what's your next album that you uh, were so that you were high on this nice. year? My favorite album of this year is The Visions. I'm using her feelings. Um, it, it was I'm I'm an R&B head as much as I am a rap fan, and this for me brought together so many different styles of music. Um, and I guess the way that it was structured is what I enjoyed the most about it. And I really would like to see rappers try to do the same thing. They they structured it in that you had like four song runs. So in a four song run, you may get dance hall. In the second four song run, you may get just smooth R&B. My favorite four song run that they did is they incorporated a lot of, I'm, as I said, I'm from New Jersey. So we have our own style of music. It's mm-hmm. upbeat. It's fast paced. Um, that kind of is, it, it's its own thing. And I, they did the fact that they incorporated that is great. And then to top it all off, one of the most underrated things, the two most underrated things in music to me in putting together a project are sequencing and transitions. Those can make or break your album. For me, like people always ask me, like there's something on going around on Twitter. I'm not sure if you saw it, like it's it's one gotta go with um Illmatic, oh. Take Care, Good Kid Mad City. And I want to get rich or die trying. That is not fair. That is that is like telling you which kids you love better. Like I can't do that. And for me, the thing that I've always had an issue with take care and why, like people have always, I make it, I make it kill for this. Because from what at least from a critical standpoint, that is supposed to be because I don't think Drake has any classics, and that is supposed to be his one alleged classic. Because I don't think he has any. I think yeah. he has a lot of good albums. But go he, ahead. My, is one classic is nothing with was the same but the reason why i put that i always say like take care for me is my third favorite drake album it's not even second because of the sequencing he has a song on there i'm blanking on the name um i think it's look what you've done and then i think either the next song or the song after is practice where he sampled <laughs> the <final> record yeah <laughs> it's like why are these two things so close together you're talking about your dead aunt and then you're talking about a girl that you're with. Like yeah, those that's tasteless, kind of, you know, that's kind of tacky, you know. That's like I can't do it, but with 
going back to the division album the sequencing was flawless um ironically that's one of my favorite songs on the album but nothing i would change up flawless you bossed it cashed out but you all it balling and i don't miss i should walk the sequencing was was incredible like the transitions just split into one into the other um so it it felt like those four songs runs were just one song going for a really long time and they they did it they have great out features on the album um party next door is on the album jesse reyes is on the album summer walker is on the album like they have a lot of really really great artists um on the album and i'll say um like in terms of like four track runs for me, which is really important because like when I'm going throughout the day and I just want to press play, I mean, I want to listen to the whole album. I mean, I just want to listen to three or four songs. Yeah. They have a four track run on the album. I think it's So What, Flawless, and there's two other tracks that I'm blanking on right now. I don't have the track list. Isn't there like a, a record where they, I mean, I think this was sampled, Jay-Z sampled this, but there was a record that they sampled off of a Jay-Z song on there. Like yeah. an old ninth, like a like a reasonable doubt, like nineties version. Yes, and I, uh, I, I'm yeah, that's a, I love that record. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad right now that I'm blanking, but because I honestly haven't listened to, it. I've listened to it I think twice, and I do yeah. like that album. But I'm just trying to remember what what the album or the the uh, track is called. But yeah, like that, that for me is the standout, and it came out like right at the beginning of when we all got kind of stuck inside. And I was able to just sit in that album. So I'm looking at it now. The four track run is So What, Outlandish, Keep It Going, and then Flawless. And they completely just killed it. I guess the only downside of this album is that it's 16 tracks and it's not your two minute tracks that you're getting in a lot of music. These are three and four minute songs. So it is a long album. but it, it they killed it, and they also have Buju Banton on the song, um, Popcon, Snow Allegra, Chantel May, just a lot of just different artists, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. It's if I had to pick an album for my favorite this year, that is my one. It probably won't get nominated for a Grammy or any big awards, but Drake, I, I killed Drake about how he's handled and run OVO. At times, specifically, uh, party next door or <laughs> party next door, and some of the artists that you may not remember that are on the album. Like I, I know everybody runs, um, remembers. Um, Hold on, we're going home. My shit, Jordan's on the yeah. label. I have not heard of Mister Jordan song in years. Um, he has another artist that most people don't even know exists, Roy Woods from Toronto. I like his music, but I can't be the only one that likes his music. If you're gonna, right. yeah. As- artists so for them to put out this project and to get the the feedback that they've gotten and for this year they've done pretty good they party next door's album came out um they have the division album roy woods may have dropped something again promotion but drake's now seems like he's working with the weekend again which makes me really excited for the next album uh but yeah, so my top three, just to end it, would be um, Courtside with Jesse Reyes. Um, just as an aside, if I 
had to pick my favorite album of the year, regardless of genre, it would be her album. Um, it's more of a pop album. That's why I didn't like bring it into this list, but it's a really, really good album. She has a really unique voice. Oh, who was that again? I'm sorry. Jesse Reyes. Okay. Oh, wait, I think I, I she, she did. She was on like a leak song that came out with Drake earlier this year. Um, but she has a really, really unique voice. Um, and she's a, I, I don't want to say the wrong country. I don't right. want to say. Uh, it's okay. But she's a she's Latino woman from Canada. Just a really unique experience um, and a really unique voice. Um, the second one I would say is Outlandish. Me and you, no great two, but we in a zone. Room full of people, but I feel like we And the third one is Keep It Going because it has that Jersey Club sample that I love. Okay. Well, I mean, honestly, that's a, like I said, that's a good album. I listened to it like once or twice. And uh, once again, he, I, I think I found him division like two years ago, three years ago. And it's crazy that, that Canada is producing so many of these great R and B artists, man. Like, yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's funny how we used to view Canada. It's, it's kind of ignorant of us Americans, how we just expected them to be inferior to so many things, but like Canadians are taking over our, the music there and a lot of uh like high prospects in the nba are canadian like it's it's awesome to see like they're getting their revenge from from the south park uh movie <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you've ever seen that but the blame canada stuff like it's freaking hilarious uh i i appreciate it man it's like because I, I hate it when people would shit on drake oh he's canadian okay the rap what the hell does that mean man he's making hit music like this Tupac used to be in 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 dance and and uh in theater like so what like Mob Deep uh, Prodigy was a ballerina when he was a little kid so what like and a cares, lot of, man a lot of the artists from the beginning of music just because they grew up here does not mean their roots were from here like Slick Rick his roots were not necessarily in America like we could go down the list of just like eighties eighties rappers that have Caribbean influence, like you can't say like an artist can't be from America when America hip hop started off primarily in New York and New York, as we know, people from all the over the world. pot of different cultures, man. Yeah. 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 Come on. Because they were started out in New York does not mean necessarily they were American. Yeah. That's just American sec- exceptionalism, man. We were just born that way for some reason. Uh, so before we get out of here, I do have my favorite album and this guy, my goodness, man, I, Part of me wants to put him in my top five of all time, but for some reason I just can't right now. And that's Freddie Gibbs' uh, Alfredo album. Um, so The Alchemist is one of my favorite producers of all time. Uh, he's done great uh, records for The Locks, you know, Jada Kiss, you know, Mob Deep, Pro- you know, just Prodigy. Um, um, you just go down the line and he's done it, man. And I believe this is the second time him and Freddie Gibbs, or maybe the third time they've done a project together. Cause I think, uh, I think Freddie Gibbs and currency did a, a record together. And I think alchemist was a part of that too. Um, but I don't know, man, Freddie Gibbs is, it's, it's amazing to me that he was signed to, you know, uh, young Jeezy and young Jeezy found this guy. And once again, Freddie Gibbs is 35 years old around there. And, 
to me, he's one of the better rappers in the game right now. And it's, it's, he's just like talks about drug dealing and slanging, but I appreciate his approach because he adds artists like black thought and, you know, just some like conscious rappers and, and the, and the production he uses is kind of like nerd, nerdy hip hop stuff. You know, it's not like just your typical, like uh trap, like, cause you know what he talks about, uh, a trap artist could talk about, but the way he delivers it, it's like, like backpack rappers can appreciate it. So yeah. I, I appreciate how he brings it all together to remind us that hip hop is, is, is more than just like, I guess it reminds me of common, um, I think it was, I used to love you or whatever, when he's talking about hip hop change, how it used to be and blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of what Freddie gives us to me that he reminds me that hip hop encompasses so many different ways of life where, uh, albeit like maybe in the streets or like in the ciphers or, you know, in the streets, literally like dealing drugs and whatever, like he, he encompasses it all. And I appreciate it. And, um, the Rick Ross, once again, uh, the Rick Ross feature on Scotty Beam, which is hilarious that he's talking about her on this yeah. record, on this song. But uh, it's it's great. Um, Frank Lucas with Benny the Butcher. I think anytime Freddie Gibbs and uh, Griselda get together, it's a it's a great track. Fuck rap, bitch, I'm popping off a poppy seed. Yeah. My name cocaine, they ain't gonna put me in the nominees. Yeah. Since Gangsta Gears brought back the bars, I see a lot of me. Niggas, this my sons, I wish they mamas would have swallowed these, nigga. Uh, being that they're kind of cut from the same cloth in terms of what they rap about. Um, and then uh, Skinny Suge. Those are yeah. like my favorite. Those are my favorite um, songs on the album. And yeah, I mean, Freddie Gibbs, to me, uh, the stuff that he puts out with the uh, Mad Libs, um, I, I don't know, man. I want to put him in my top five because he has so many projects, but I guess it's because his content is hard for me because the guys that are in my top five, I don't know if you've heard it, but uh, I got Jay-Z, Nas, Joe Budden, M, and Pac. Like All those guys, what they have in common, they spoke about deep, like they had deep content in like, uh, like uh, introspective raps. So it, I guess maybe that's why Freddie can't go in my top five yeah. because although he's a great MC, it's just, I think he's missing that one wrinkle, yeah. but he is a great artist nonetheless. And yeah, man, that's, that's my favorite album of the year. Um, I don't know. I, I love Alchemist. I love Freddie Gibbs. And I just think this is seamless and it's, it's only 10 tracks, man. It's only 35 minutes long, which is crazy. Cause this podcast is longer than that album, <laughs> but it's less is more. And typically I like, I'm a Joe Budden fan, which she was known for rapping for seven minutes with no hook. So I don't mind listening to a long project, but uh, I don't know. I, I just think this is concise and, and just straight to the point. And it's just a beautiful piece of work. And I, I like, once again, I appreciate how Freddie Gibbs brings it all together. Like, yeah, he's a, he, and it's funny. This dude's from Gary, Indiana. Once again, we, we judge people where they're from. This guy is from Indiana. Like, and you wouldn't know by listening to his music. But again, that's because we just like to to judge things and just put them in this this preconceived place where it's not even true. It's just that's what in our mind is we see as true. But yeah, I, I don't know. That, that's my favorite album, and I don't want to get too long winded. But I I love this album. I listen to it all the time, and I I'm never going to get it tired of this thing. I'm going to be sixty years old listening to him talk about. Slanging G packs with uh, Benny the Butcher. So, 
<laughs> yeah. I, I definitely agree with you that that for me is high up on my list just because it was it wasn't nec- it started it was promoted so well. That for me is another thing about this project. As somebody who's around music and just sees different projects that maybe don't get pushed the way they're not supposed to, that project from day one, the way they rolled it out with with Scotty Beam to the merchandise, like the Alfredo yeah. like dice, like they 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 killed it. And I think that's something that I can always say with Freddie. Um, and I can say with also with Griselda, sometimes we have these really great street rappers that don't promote their music as well. But I can go back to Freddie Gibbs. He dropped the project. I forget the name of it around the same time that Drake's dropped Scorpion. And he had these different like infomercial skits that he put out that were hilarious. He's always been really good at promoting his own music. It wasn't it one where it was kind of like making fun of like old school R&B artists or something? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I I remember. I'm I'm about to look it up, but keep talking. I got you. But it, it's it's he has a really great eye for just like working to promote his projects. Because I saw him, ironically, I saw him. I now live in Silver Spring, Maryland. I saw him the day, bef- the night before I moved out of my mom's house for the first time. He went to the um, the MoMA has like these outdoor concert series, and he was performing. And it's like he just he has a stage presence. He has a charisma about himself that is really, really hard to find. And like you'll see it and just like the way like he he could just conduct them. Like he'll you'll see him going back and forth with DJ academics. It's hilarious. Oh, he that was one of the funniest moments of the year, like how he was roasting him. Yeah. And I mean, academics is easy to roast, but. Freddie was just relentless. And Freddie honestly didn't even have to do that. Like he could have just been like, whatever. But he's fun. He knows how to have fun. Oh, and by the way, the album is actually funny. It's just called Freddie. Oh, see. Yeah. And he's like, he looks like an old school RB artist. He has like a coat on, uh, like a tan coat, pink backdrop. I just remember it, 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 it was funny because it seemed like he was making fun of like RB artists from the 80s or something. I don't know. But yeah, uh, Freddie Gibbs that- got the full package, man. He's got that backstory of when he, I forget how long he was in Austria arrested, like mm-hmm. it, like accused of something he didn't even do. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was it was a sexual assault or something, right? And he 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 got out of that, and that was a scary situation because I remember seeing that. I was like, oh no, that was wild because like now I was thinking like, oh god, he like a rapper getting arrested overseas, which is the last place and, he and a black man. Yeah. Like and obviously that you can do that here and still be screwed, right? Unfortunately, but yeah. uh, yeah, I saw that and I was like, man, he might be out of here. Like he might not be able to get out or something. And then we saw, like, started to see the evidence. It was like, you mean to tell me there's video of him at the place, at another place, at a different, at the same time this person is accusing him of sexual assault, and he, you're holding him over there, and then you see the court documents, the. Like her testimony relied on a dream that she had. It was just wild. Like the story that was like, and it cost him. Like now we're trying to see, like, he's one of the top artists, like in terms of consistently putting out content. I don't know how far, like, maybe, maybe we missed some of the best verses that we could have gotten for Freddie Gibbs. Maybe we miss he missed time with his child. Like he has a daughter. Like all that stuff he missed, and 
for him to come back and still be able to push forward, kudos to him because he's like at, you. You touched on the music, and I'm a fan of his music, but just the business and the marketing and the way he's able to move within the industry, and he has really no issues with anybody. Even with Jeezy, like who he had his back and forth. Yeah, he with. he mentions him too, and it seems like they're good now because he did come out. He did diss him talking about yeah. how I think it was uh, well, they were at that award show and Rick Ross or, or Gucci was there and Jeezy didn't do anything or some shit. But it seems like him and, and Jeezy are cool now or at least cordial, right? So that's good because yeah. I do like Jeezy as well. But so it's good to see, see it and just I'm, I'm happy to I'm happy to see him doing well. So um just just throwing these albums out there just like honorable mentions like go ahead price um whom a lot of people probably don't remember um he was a group part of the group audio push they had a song out i was probably in the seventh grade so i it was called teach me how to jerk it was part of that whole jerk oh shoot but he him and i don't want to say his brother or his cousin um they were in a group audio push. They can really, really rap. And I feel bad that they kind of got caught up in that whole. I mean, they were like 13, 14 at the time. So, like, that was probably what they were doing. Oh, they were? Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, that. their price has one of the best albums. It's called um, Colored. Um, Amine, he has a project called Limbo. Um, Brup and Vincent, I want to shout them out. Uh, just, a, just a bunch of, just a bunch of, I mentioned, we both mentioned Benny the Butcher. Yeah. I, I mean, he could easily been in this three. Like, I wanted to put, I honestly wanted to put him in here, but I was like, well, Conway's album had a little bit more time to breathe. Nas's album had more time to breathe, and Freddie's definitely had it. And I was like, I don't know who I'm gonna, you know, I've had more time to sit with those albums, so it's, I don't, I don't want to sound disrespectful, Benny the Butcher, because he could easily had number one on here, but I just didn't have much time to to digest it. The um, others, also Royce the Five Nine, yeah, a year ago. That he dropped that album, um, D Smoke, yeah, um, has a really good project. Uh, but yeah, uh, Flo Millie, there's been a lot of Elzai had something. He had a project come out not too long ago. Yeah, just just a lot of got a good music. Um, shout out to R and B, and just there's a lot of good R and B projects out there. Uh, too many to name, but uh, but yeah, this this has been a good year for music, and I'm really. I usually don't care about the Grammys, but I'm interested to see what they look like next year in terms of hip hop and R&B. Because a lot of big artists have not dropped. Kendrick hasn't dropped. Drake hasn't dropped. Cole hasn't dropped. Rick Ross hasn't dropped. Like a lot of the artists that we would typically see dominate the Grammys. Right. Haven't dropped. So it's going to be it's going to offer. While maybe virtually it'll probably be virtually. It will give shine to like some of these artists that. um Oh, Lil Baby. I, I keep forgetting. I always forget him. Lil Baby had a really great... I didn't love his album the same way as a lot of people did, but just in terms of his, his ascension as an artist, he's... No, really, yeah, he's a star. I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan, but I, I can see a star, and I know he's a star. So, yeah, you got His name deserves to be there. But, yeah, in terms of seeing these artists in a Grammy setting, imagine Freddie Gibbs in a, Freddie, in a Grammy setting. <laughs> I can't. I think he. I think he'd be funny. I think he'd say something really slick, or I don't know. Maybe they could do like a skit, and he could be in. I don't know. I, I'd love to see. Unfortunately, though, like you said, it probably is going to be uh, digitally. Like, yeah, but that's fine. We got to do what we got to do to save the country, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, Ryan, I, I, 
I really do appreciate you coming on. Uh, before we get out of here, I want you to, if there's anything you got coming, man, plug away, my friend. Um, so I want to shout out for iHeartMedia. I work with specifically with a site called the Black Information Network. Um, so if you've ever seen a site, um, just we we do a lot of just different stuff in terms of covering black news and it's not in the way that you typically think it doesn't always have to be um just directly talking about quote-unquote black issues covid is a black issue um the senate races that you're about to see run off they're black issues even though they're not always framed in that way um directly towards black americans obviously we shout out death pen we have some interviews coming um transcribing is the hardest thing in the world um but interviews with luke james r&b artist um price who i mentioned i have an interview with him ruben vincent um artist the interview that's coming out next is um with a brooklyn artist called hd um he went viral i think last year because he he sounds like jay-z his his vocal tone sounds exactly like jay-z um and his Reggie name is Be- hd HD. That's yeah. hilarious. Jay-Z, HD. Um, but have some interviews um, that we're trying to put together. And I'm writing something on my own um, for just on Medium that I'm working on for the 10th anniversary of Friday Night Lights. Because that is um, a big project for me. Link and then that, I was- link that, man. That's because, uh, you know, the warm up is is probably my favorite J. Cole mixtape but friday night lights might be my favorite uh j cole project in general like even better than any album that he's had so please link me to that i'd love to read it but the last thing i'll put out there um i do a podcast um every week with my um two good friends james and gerald james is actually the reason why i'm a writer at def pen um that's that's a long story but uh, we do we talk about um this sports um college football i cover boxing as well um so just doing all that and i just want to say thank you for having me on here because this has been a lot of fun i i appreciate it man i love i mean so with the with the basketball stuff i mean i'll i mean i'm a huge nba fan and but the way that you could just kind of shoot the shit on here whereas on my basketball pod it's a little bit more buttoned up yeah that's why i appreciate about this i could kind of just let my hair down and and have some some other kind of takes that I probably wouldn't have on the basketball pod. And it's just, I love talking music, man, especially hip hop. Cause I mean, I've been, I've been listening to hip hop for quite some time, even before I even understood what these lyrics were when I was a little kid, I just listened to it. Right. I mean, but yeah, I, thanks Ryan. I, I would love to have you back in uh, for something else. We'd have to, we'd have to think of something, man, but I'd love to have you back regardless yeah. of what it is. Album's coming in January. I'll, I'll be happy to come back. Hell yeah. I mean, Dre, I, I man, look, a lot of people shit on this album, but I love Scorpion. I, I, it's grown on me. That's Jaded, man. Jaded might be my favorite Drake song. Yeah, that that for me is hilarious. Going again, referencing the Joe Budden podcast, the way they broke that down, and when they said it may be about Georgia Smith, that to me made it ten times funnier. But do you think it could be? <laughs> it could be just given. Drake's track record. Drake has no problem getting close to Bria interlude and all these other things that he's done. And um, again, Bria's interlude opened up. That came out. So you said you're you're 30 now. So like for me, that came out the summer before high school. 
every guy in my middle school class had a crush on Bria Miles because of that song. Oh, we had no idea who who Bria Miles was at that time, but it, it kind of he has no problem getting close to high profile women. It's just a matter of maintaining a relationship. We've seen this with Rihanna. We've seen this with a couple other women. I hope Drake find love at some point. Just on a personal note. Um, yeah, Drake's had an album coming out. I've heard J. Cole's album is done. I've heard that. I don't haven't heard that confirmed. Right. Kendrick. Don't I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> Kendrick is kind of like early Nas, where he could not he just didn't drop for a couple of years and then but he'd still be fine, right? He could still he could still, you know, have his reputation and stuff. But I think we need a new Kendrick album. I'm probably in the minority of people saying that I didn't really I'm not as high as on the last Kendrick album. I think uh, How to Pimp a Butterfly, to me, is his best work. And I don't know. I'm looking forward to whatever he drops because there's a lot to be said, right? I mean, he's the guy that I want to actually listen to politically and everything else, right? I want to hear what he has to say and how he's going to put it in music form. So I do look forward to whatever he releases. I'll be listening with with both open ears. So, uh, yeah, Ryan, uh, once again, I thank you, brother. Uh, you have a nice day and everybody be safe. Once again, power to the people. We got a new president. No matter what this other guy is saying, there's no way that, that he's going to, they could do the, the 2000 recount like Bush and it still won't be in his favor. So it does not matter. Y'all have a nice day. Thanks.